Welcome back to uh, Social Anxiety Life. In the second episode, we're going to be exploring uh, everyday situations and how this creates social anxiety for us. These may include things like uh, shopping, going for coffee, uh, or even going to the pub. Okay, do you want to get us started? Because I think last episode, you did talk a bit about shopping. Yeah, I find that, yeah, going to the shop, particularly food shopping, if it's food shopping or clothes shopping or whatever, that can create anxiety because, you know, as soon as you go into the the shop itself, even though you know what you've got, you're going in there for, sometimes you get that unexpected anxiety mm-hmm. through um, if someone comes up to you and asks you if you need any help with anything, oh. that for me creates a little bit of anxiety because I don't know what to say to them. Right. Um, even though I know what I've got in there for, yeah. Um, and I'm browsing, and I'm quite happy browsing uh, the items in the shop. But yeah, someone came up to me and sort of talking to me, and it's like I just wanted to go away <laughs> so I can get so I can get on with it. Yeah. Do you have the same? I don't really. No, I don't really get that with being in shops and stuff like that. To be honest, that's not mm. really. But sometimes, if I have to go somewhere I haven't been before, that can give me a bit of anxiety. So, like, I'll always check that I know how to get there, like, really make sure I know the route. Yeah. Because the thought of going somewhere I haven't been before or, like, get or if I have to get, like, a train and then a tube and then change and all that stuff, that can create quite a low level of anxiety, but I definitely get that. See, that bit doesn't bother me at all. It's like if I go to meet a friend, like I did yesterday, I vaguely know the route of getting there. Um so that doesn't really bother me. And, and as you say, if something unexpected happens, so if something like a, um, you know, like Dave and the strikes on the mm-hmm. trains or um, or say that your friends, your friend that you've arranged to <laughs> meet may, may be running late, for example. Yeah. Um, that, to me, if someone says they're late, that... It bothers me more than gives me anxiety because I've tried to make sure, as far as I can, to be there at the time that we've said we're going to be there. And obviously, there's things outside your control Mm -hmm. that prevent you from being there on on time. That doesn't bother me because there's obviously a concrete reason for that. Um, But if they, if they, if there's sort of no re- no clear reason for it, yeah. it sort of bothers me a bit. And then I've got to think about, right, I'm waiting around now for however long I'm waiting around for. I've then got to think of what to do in order to stop sort of feeling anxious about, like, if I'm waiting outside the station, like, people looking at me, people. Right, yeah. So normally I just put my headphones on. Yeah, that's always a good a good way to mm. kind of. <laughs> I always have my headphones in mm. wherever I go. But I had a a situation where I was going to see a mutual friend of ours, and uh, kind of got what maybe halfway there, and then mm. was meant to be getting on the tube, and then the announcement came. Oh, the whole tube line is suspended, and so immediately I did. It wasn't awful. It was again low level anxiety, but I was like. I don't know what I'm doing now. Like, I don't really know where I am. I know the route I was supposed to be taking. Now I actually don't know what to do or how to get there. 
And it was just, and I was so tempted to just turn around and go home. I didn't, but I was very tempted because I just thought, I don't know how to get there. And now I've got to look up a whole new route and I'm going to be in areas I've never been before. And the same, that, that, that doesn't bother me at all because I know my sort of knowledge of the tube routes, bus routes, and whatever is fair, it's pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, but the fact that, so the tube network was, that particular line wasn't working. Yeah. That's obviously something out of your control. You couldn't have predicted yeah. that would happen. So it was just then you, it's then what what route you had to take yeah. in order to get there that, that um, provoked the anxiety. Yeah, I think it was just the thought of like, okay, so where do I go now? And okay, I could jump on this bus, but then where do I get off the bus? You know, it's just that said it was a low level of anxiety, but it was definitely anxiety inducing because it was out of my control i also get anxiety when you know i have to make a phone call to somebody so someone in a i've got something i have to speak to someone about like i had to speak to someone at the council a couple of days ago about my council tax bill yeah and um i kept putting it off putting it off putting Mm -hmm. it off but it's something i needed sorting out and i could have emailed yeah um but the council that I'm with says that email responses will be made within 10 days well and it's something that couldn't wait 10 days and so I phoned them up and you get the automated message to say that you're in you know like 20 in the queue or something Mm -hmm. Uh, then I have to make a decision do I want to wait longer or or do I phone back later and chance to see if I'm less in the queue or whatever so I, I mean I stayed in the line but then when I got through to the person, what I said was fine. Yeah. I made my point clear. Um, but it just felt a bit awkward. Yeah. Do you, I'm just, as we're talking about it, do you think that's a social anxiety thing? Or do you just think that's the general thing, not phoning people? Because I, I'll be honest, I text everyone. I never phone people. Very rarely will I phone anyone and have a conversation over the phone. But I've never really thought about, is that social anxiety or is that just me? <laughs> um, but then if you're seeing them, if you're seeing them really in, a, in real life, sometimes you can pick up on like the body language cues, social cues and whatever, but... yeah. I don't get as much on the phone as I do in real life. Oh, yeah, definitely not. No. And, you know, I I will go out shopping on my own. Like, I'll get on a train and I'll go to, like, a shopping centre and shop for a couple hours by myself. So I'm all right with things like that. But we've talked about this. I've never sat in a restaurant. I've never, like, eaten by myself in a restaurant before. I've never – I don't think I've ever sat in a coffee shop by myself and like ordered food and drink and just sat there for like an hour or two I've never gone to the cinema by myself and I I, I feel like that's probably an anxiety thing because I think it's that thing of being like hyper aware yeah. of yourself and what other people are thinking about you just yeah. being like overly aware of yourself when really probably no one cares <laughs> no it's funny I've done all of those things I've been I've been to coffee shops I've been to restaurants I mean, I go to bars on my own. Yeah, see, that's. I go to a club. I've been to a club on my own. I could never. (laughs) I don't know if that's more. Do you think that's 
maybe I don't know if it's because traditionally it's, it was seen like if males, yeah, going to bars on their own is was generally mm. seen as the as okay, and, and if yeah, it's probably anxiety, but yeah, it probably also is just you know not to go into stereotypes, but as a female, the thought of going to a club by yourself probably that sort of safety aspect does come into it as well but yeah I mean I find that quite impressive the fact that you just go out to bars by yourself because I just I don't think I ever could I mean when I go to clubs there's one particular club um the Royal Vauxhall Tavern that I go to on my own yeah and I think for me there's no anxiety there because because of its size the size itself is it's small it's intimate and there's regulars there, so I think whenever I go there, there's people there that I know yeah. anyway. So there's less anxiety there. And I think if you if you choose to sort of spend it on your own, there's nothing, there's no sort of judgment over it. Yeah. And I think it sort of links back when we were talking in the last episode about um, other people and what they think. I think that's a good example of, a space where there isn't there isn't that judgment at all yeah um i think because it's a club it's quite loud so you've almost got that sensory stuff that it almost eliminates the anxiety a little bit yeah because i guess there's things to kind of distract you on there like you can listen to the music you can have a little dance mm. it's probably harder in a quieter space because you know there's more chance you're going to have to make conversation yeah, it's funny, like, if I go to a bar on my own or a pub on my own, so say I've been out shopping, I thought I'll have a little drink on the way yeah. the way home, and I'll do it, I'll go sit and have a drink, and usually it works out fine, I just sit on my own. But then if someone does come and talk to me, that's where it does feel a little bit, it feels very awkward because it's, un- it's an unexpected social interaction. So in my head, I'm already thinking, why does this person come over here? What do they want? Yeah. Why can't they leave me alone? Yeah. How can I get them to go away without being rude? Yes. Um, sometimes I will, the conversation will pick up. Mm-hmm. I listen to what they've got to say and try and link something that I've experienced or something I'm interested in to what they're talking about. And then it generally goes okay. Yeah. But it's difficult. Yeah. I think that was a good point you made though about, you know, you go to the rock, the what is it, Royal Vauxhall Tavern, yeah, and it's like comfortable there. But I suppose probably the first time you went there, you probably were a bit anxious. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's that thing, isn't it? It's like it's about going somewhere. The first time's always going to be the hardest, isn't it? That's probably when you're going to feel your most anxious. But once you you keep going, you keep persevering. If it's the right place, then it gets easier. I think that's right. I think, yeah, the more sort of regularly you go somewhere, the anxiety does lift. Yeah. Lift a bit. But I think whichever everyday social places you're going to, whether it's the shop, supermarket, or wherever you're going, it still carries a risk. A risk. I don't know if risk is the right word, but mm. it almost, it still carries the chances rather than risk of, social unexpected social interactions happening yeah i mean just thinking back i mean i'm thinking back now like over 10 years ago 
but I remember just taking really, really tiny steps, you know, so I didn't just, so I think sometimes people feel like they need to do a massive thing, like, oh, I should take myself out to a club by myself. Yeah. Well, that's a really big thing to do. I remember doing things like, right, I'm just going to pop to the shop. Like, I'm just going to go mm-hmm. to the shop on my own, or I'm just going to go for a walk today, like a 20 minute walk, just walk around the streets mm-hmm. where I live. Like sometimes you just need to take little small steps and just build up because even those tiny things can be really hard for someone so sometimes it's about just doing really tiny little things that are a little bit out of your comfort zone and then kind of slowly building up yeah i've learned now is that when i tend to go out on my own as i take things with me to help me Mm. um help my anxiety calm down so I'll take a little sensory to- sensory toy with me. Oh, okay. So sometimes I take like a little wheel that I little rubber wheel that I mm. squeeze, or it's a little marble mover that that, you, that, I, that I move up and down. Oh, okay. As well, um, I think as I've got older and more knowledgeable about neurodivergent factors, the more I sort of normalise those sort of things. Yeah. Yeah, I've never, I've never really used those kind of sense, what do you call them, sensory tools. Yeah, tools. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it's always just headphones. Like that's the thing I rely on. If I'm out, my headphones are in, and I just kind of listen to my podcast or listen to my music, and that always makes me feel more secure. <laughs> yeah, I think those sort of things we'll definitely explore yes. in a future episode. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking here. And episode three, which I think we're going to have loads to say on that, is social anxiety and work. Now, I'm thinking more sort of the social aspect of work, and I think we're going to have a lot to say about that. I think so. Thanks very much for listening to episode two. See you next week.